Welcome to another episode of Slice, Slice Together. together. <laughs> I'm Harper. Who am I? And I'm Michelle. What are you waiting for, huh? What are you waiting for? In this episode, we're going to be running down movies we watched in February. 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 That's how I always had to say it in my head when I yeah, spell it. Because <laughs> we're dumb. <laughs> uh, and for our mini segment, we're talking about a movie and or trailers that we are yep. going to see. So You'll we'll get, get to, to experience our ride home where we discuss in detail trailers, movies, yeah. thoughts, questions. We'll have to make it snappy because we, like we, like <laughs> we live real close to this particular theater. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, fast. So before we get into it, uh, we decided to change the format of these a little bit because the last couple months have been outrageously long. We just watched so many movies. Too many. Some might say. Some might say it's a little Named insane. Kendall has <laughs> <laughs> specifically said. Um, so anyway, so what we decided to do is that we essentially pared it down to a list of twenty movies that we wanted to talk yeah. about. And that might sometimes that might be a little more, sometimes that might be a little less, but. You know, that's the general goal. Sometimes I watch it. Sometimes he watches it. Yeah. So we both picked <laughs> movies and then combined our lists and added and took away and et cetera. So these are the 20 best, not Maybe. best, most no, interesting most ones we, of, of, of discussion. About. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I, I think the first movie on our list is one you watched by yourself. Yeah. Yes. On February 3rd, I watched Red Eye. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, you. I think you've seen it once, right? Nope, I have never seen Red what? Eye. What? I thought we saw I it know in what it's theaters. About, really. Okay, so it's a Wes Craven film. It came out in 2005. It stars Rachel McAdams and Cillian Murphy. And basically, it's about... Cillian Murphy is an assassin who wants to overthrow the U.S. government. And he needs Rachel McAdams, who is a hotel manager, mm. to switch the room of a government official so they can blow it up from the ocean. So it's essentially <laughs> like that. But what could I do? I just manage a hotel. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not important at all. But um, so this movie is ridiculous, but it comes out like right after on the heels of like September. 11th so it's mm. all about like airplane terrorist terror okay. which i can appreciate sure um but the thing that i like and dislike so the film starts i mean rachel mcadams when this came out she's all about rom-coms and stuff right so i think the this is casting is pretty accurate for this because the first like quarter of the movie it feels like they're setting up a rom-com because she's like she works so much she doesn't have time for relationships and then mm -hmm. like she just keeps running into this guy at the airport who's like talking to her and he's all cute with does he have an irish eyes. accent uh i actually don't think he does i don't remember it might be american like Lame. fake accent yeah 
but he has pretty eyes, so it doesn't matter. That's true. <laughs> no questioning that. Yeah. But then the, what I don't like is that, like, after the first 15 minutes, it's just straight to, like, hey, I'm holding your dad hostage. You have to do this now. Dun, dun, dun. On the plane. And, like, <laughs> uh, how's she going to get help or whatever? Yeah. Um, and, like, it's, it's a little outdated because the plane has, like, uh, phones but you have to use your credit card mm -hmm. to use them and so like they're in a storm also she hates flying so course, she's already like <laughs> anxiety um but the best part was when uh she ends up spoiler stabbing him in the neck with a frankenstein pen that we actually have oh it's the, the one the that like punches yeah and then the rest of the movie he's wearing this scarf because he has like a hole in his neck and he's always like I'm going to get you. <laughs> <laughs> <Where are> you <laughs> going? <laughs> so like he presses on it and it's it's so horrible, but I love it. Let me ask you a question, Michelle. Did you pick red eye just so you could do that voice? Yeah, but I need it. I should have practiced it more. He does it way better. <laughs> get, so give me a give me a rating for red eye in that voice, please. I gave it three stars. <laughs> uh, uh, I think you yeah. do the whole podcast in that one. <laughs> I think I'd funny. lose my voice very quickly. <laughs> yeah, so I gave it three. I think it's worth seeing at least once just because it's so ridiculous. And yeah. then the very last scene, um, the last line in the movie is basically, shove it up your butt. <laughs> and they like high five each other and go back to hotel managing. Well, I'm curious to see how it goes. Uh, gets to that point. So maybe yeah. I do need to watch. There's like a whole host of like sea level Wes Craven movies that yeah, I have. I think this seen. is one of the better like sea level, I guess. Like Maybe it's B minus. I feel like level. all Wes Craven's <laughs> movies are either like unbelievably fantastic yeah. or they're like dog. S H I T. I think this you would like it more if you saw it when it came out because now it's kind of just outdated. Yeah. But yeah, I like it. <laughs> That's what I watched. <laughs> all right. So the next one on our list is one we watched together and that is Event. Horizon. AKA the best movie under the age of 10 <laughs> when you're under the age of 10. <laughs> Event Horizon is one of those movies, like I put it, I would, I'm, this is weird to say, but I'd put it in the same category as like The Howling for me personally, because this is a movie that I've seen a million times. And every time I watch it, I'm like, this is not good. Like, why do, <laughs> why am I, why do I keep coming back to this movie? We own this movie. Yeah. Um, I think it's because we love Sam Neill. Well, so here's the thing about Event Horizon for me is like, it's almost a great movie. Like the idea is it's really cool <laughs> and visually it's really cool. Like there's some great, like Sam Neill with his face all messed yeah. up. The, the like uh, quantum engine or whatever they call it is really cool looking, even if it's yeah. like a little goofy. Um, like the look of the ship is really cool. Like a lot of the effects are great. Even some of them are a little outdated CGI stuff, but there's some cool like gore effects and stuff. And like, like floating body parts, mm -hmm. blood. And the central idea is really good, but the sphere is pretty awesome. The what? The sphere. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, it like, is. Gateway it's or really cool. <laughs> um, there's a lot of things like on the surface that I like about this movie, but I think what it really comes down to is the direction and or, I mean, I think it, the performances are part of that, I think. If you count yeah. performance under direction, then it's all down to the terrible <laughs> director, which is Paul W.S. Anderson, not to be confused not with Paul, Paul T. T. Anderson. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, Lawrence Fishburne is goofy as all hell in it. Yeah, and, like, definitely. Um, the, 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 the darkness, <laughs> that kid, you know. There's so many, like, really corny moments. And all the stuff with, uh, you know, the, like, 
other the other black guy who's not Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, um, that, who, 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 I only say that because like that's his only personality trait yeah. is that he's like a he's a sassy black guy. Kind yeah. of, you know, he's it's does, he, a, does he say like oh hell no? Or basically, whatever. yeah, he's <laughs> or, like Woo! give it give it to me in English, Doc. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's like such a stereotypical. <laughs> terrible character and then you know and he like gets thrown away from the ship and he uses the air and he's like (laughs) it's so bad but our favorite thing what well i was just gonna say i think this it's so bad it falls into like cult almost it it is a lot of people really love this movie uh but what was our favorite thing oh i love and i always reference it uh the chair in the spaceship that oh. Lawrence Fishburne sits in. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Because it like instead of just walking somewhere, he's like constantly in this chair that spins around all the time. Yeah. And he has to like slowly spin all the way around to walk away <laughs> from the ship when like something bad's happening. It's yeah. so ridiculous. And oh, it always also, makes me laugh. If you haven't seen this movie, it's about a spaceship rescue mission <laughs> and how Oh yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Yet another thing that's cool on the surface is it's sort of a remake of Solaris in some ways. And like, I also get Hellraiser vibes. Oh, definitely. It's definitely kind of a Solaris Hellraiser meetup, which sounds like it should be yeah. awesome <laughs> <laughs> because it's basically a spaceship that in the process of like traveling through a wormhole, it went, it essentially went through hell and it like the yeah. spaceship is sort of sentient and like causes people to go insane. Um, so Yes. Insane in the membrane. Essentially. <laughs> so yeah, it's super, It's it seems super cool, but it's also super terrible. Yeah. So. <laughs> I give it two and a half stars. I gave it three, just because it is an enjoyable watch, even if it's not a good movie. Yeah. All right. Bird, uh, yeah, our next movie we watched, Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of one Harley Quinn that Which they changed the it, title. right? Now it's now what is it called now? Birds of Prey and Harley Quinn or Harley Quinn? I think and it's the Harley Birds Quinn and the Birds of Prey. I th- no, I, that's what it should be. I think it's Harley Quinn colon Birds of Prey, which is still that's dumb. That's weird. Too. I'm pretty sure that's what they renamed it, which is also a stupid title. Yeah. So this follows Harley Quinn after Suicide Squad. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, I was trying to remember if there's anything in between that. Um, she breaks up with the Joker mm-hmm. and then gets into some shenanigans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And runs into, yeah, and then sort of on the sidelines, like the Birds of Prey superhero team up is sort of coming together yeah. in spite of Harley Quinn or sort of like alongside her. They're all kind of connected. It's all, yeah, it's kind of it's like, hey, we got to team up because we're girls. <laughs> Spice um, girls, girl power. I really liked it. Um, I liked it too. It's not like a perfect movie and it's not, um, it's not the best DC movie ever. I mean... But it's it's, it's certainly way better, better than some of them. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean it's certainly better than Suicide Squad. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. So it's cool to see that Harley Quinn finally get like a good portrayal and a good movie. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's there's there's some really fun. The performances are all really fun, and they all have kind of really uh, quirky, different personalities and stuff. Um, I think that a lot of the action sequences are really well choreographed. There's some great yeah. fight scenes and stuff. It made me want to roller skate a lot. Yeah, you have been bringing that up all the time since we saw this. Like, I want no to joke. roller skate. Um, my own- I liked it because it's really like colorful too. Yes. And it has, um, I thought Margot Robbie, I mean, Margot Robbie is pretty perfect she's for a, Harley yeah. Quinn, I think. Not just looks like her, acts yeah, like her. She's great. Um, uh, yeah, my only two like complaints and they're kind of minor, I guess, is I did. I love the colorful sets and costumes, but I wish they didn't have to p- 
put that up against the like gritty gross Gotham like yeah, I mean that's definitely. sort of I get that that's sort of where like Harley Quinn comes from but she's also like from the cartoon like yeah they could have just totally have leaned to. into the cart the like colorful aspect of it and not had it be also within a world of like Suicide pimps um, <laughs> but uh and then the other thing was that uh it sort of bugged me that like the movie is all led by a female cast but all of their motivations are caused by men. <laughs> like Harley Quinn, the whole thing is to like get away from Joker. And I mean, although hers is sort of like to be independent also. Um, but the, uh, I'm trying to think, Black Canaries was like, uh, you know, she wants to, ser- she's serving Ewan McGregor's character and like, uh, Huntress is like avenging her father and like, you know, like. Well, all- she's avenging her whole family. I suppose, but. Uh, I don't know. There was something in there a little bit that felt a little bit like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe maybe I'm looking at it a little too closely, but... Um, I think the only issue... I feel like they didn't give the director, like, enough freedom to make the movie she wanted because it perhaps. had, like, some great animation stuff and yeah, then, the like, some really little, cool. like, montage scenes that were clever and cool um, when she's, like, beat up or whatever. She's, like, hallucinating. Oh, Yeah. Oh, and then we got to talk about Ewan McGregor. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, like his character, it was kind of s- slow to get into his thing um, because it seems like he was supposed to be gay, but they wouldn't let him be gay. Yeah, that was a little weird too. It was so a little was more like, subtle. Happening? It was a little more subtle than I think a lot of people were expecting it yeah. to be. Um, but then that one scene where he's like, uh, look at all my or like all these masks are in my room or whatever. He go, well, yeah, like, it's yeah. a, it's a shrunken head and he's like, yeah. this, there's this little head. It's like a thousand years old and that's in my living room. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> so, I think that's, that's my favorite. We, I think the whole audience is like, all right. Yeah. I, like I think that's my favorite <laughs> quote from a movie from 2020 so far. Yeah. New, new movie. <laughs> I did love that. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. Um, I gave it a th- three and a half. Me too. <clears throat> I think this is like a great starting point for if they, I don't know if they'll do a sequel because everyone's acting like it was a total bomb, even though it wasn't really a total bomb. Yeah, it's um, nonsense too. Just sexism at its finest. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was a great starting point for their story. And I bet the next one would be better because then each person would, you'd already know their backstory and then you could finally get into them like doing stuff. Right. We don't need to have an origin for all of the char- no. all of the Birds of Prey characters. Nope. Yeah. So yeah, definitely a good start and definitely, I mean, hopefully I feel like every other movie DC has like, or maybe every three movies or something DC has like, oh, this is the turning point. This is when it's going to get better. And then it like goes down the tubes again. So I hope it sticks this time. Yeah, me too. Next. Next up. Is part of Harper's birthday extravaganza. Yeah, I think the next like five (laughs) movies. So like we did on my birthday, Harper got to pick like four or five movies to watch. (laughs) Yeah. So the next couple are from movies that I decided to watch for my birthday. Um, So we started bright and early with Haxon. 1922, black and white, silent. That is correct. And it's the original version, not the William S. Burroughs version, which I still haven't watched and I need to watch. So this movie's all about Satan, witches, torture, all of the above. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, Hexen's been one of my favorite movies for a long time, just because it's the, such a bizarre movie. There's actually a book that I still want to get that's called like Hexen, the story of the strangest movie ever made. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, like you said, it's a silent movie from 1922. I think it's Dutch, and uh, it's like a documentary about. It's a documentary about witch witches and witchcraft, which is cool enough, but it's also like about 
the persecution of how like religion, religious people persecuted women for no real reason. Yeah. Uh, just it's because they were old witchcraft. or ugly or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's very, and it's like, it's yeah, like, y'all are wrong. We shouldn't have killed these people. <laughs> but best of all, I mean, all that is cool, but best of all, it has the coolest recreations of like when, when the, when like this old woman is being tortured into confessing something that didn't happen and she starts like blaming all these people for being witches and telling yeah. these crazy stories, mm-hmm. then they, they reenact those. And it's amazing with like the devil who I think might've been played by the director. Danny DeVito. Oh. No, that was like a little bit like <laughs> There's definitely a character who looks like Danny DeVito in the background. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the, the shot when they're, uh, when they show the witches in silhouette, like flying across the sky on the brooms while, the, while one woman sits in the grass and watches is like one of my favorite shots in any movie ever made. It's yeah. so cool. So I've seen this movie a gazillion times. I watched it on my birthday before, actually. Hmm. What, uh, what did you think since the first time you saw it? I thought it was good. Um, I'm trying to remember since it was silent. I don't remember what the music was. It's very like chamber Just music, like classical like, stuff, like uh, Baroque kind yeah. of stuff. That was interesting, and I I think the best part is all the like reenactments. Definitely, um, when the witches are like they're kissing like Satan's butt. rump. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kissing his behind. Yeah, I like the part too when he's like they're showing all the torture devices. And yeah. the, the inner title is like, one of my actresses insisted on trying the thumbscrew. And it's yeah, like, it's like tightening ah! and she's like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's really kind of funny. Yeah, it's very self-aware and strange. It's just a movie that is like, has no right to exist. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. But yeah, I, I am curious to watch. I need to watch that alternate version because it's like William S. Burroughs doing the narration and Jean-Luc Pani doing the music. Like, could something Jean-Luc Pani. Could something be more up my alley? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, isn't that strange? Yeah. But yeah, that's uh that's Haxon with uh I don't even remember how many umlauts. Either one or two. Two, two umlauts. Two umlauts over the A. <laughs> it's the most umlauts per movie you'll ever get. Get it on Criterion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Blu-ray just came out, which I need to get. We watched it on DVD. Yep. But um Haxon. next up on the birthday extravaganza was the, the next Godzilla movie. For oh. me. <laughs> I was like that. Go ahead. Return of Godzilla, aka Godzilla 1984. <laughs> uh, yeah, which is the first Godzilla movie of the Heisei era. So it's after the Toho movies, or not Toho, but after the Showa era movies finished off uh, years before. Toho Um. So yeah, it's the first time I'd seen it. Um. I think yeah, this is the first time I've seen it. And I think the 1990s oh one ripped it off. Oh, ripped it lot. off. Okay. I thought you were going to say it's better. I was like, <laughs> what? Oh. what? No. Because you've been talking about it every day. Because I want to watch it yeah. <laughs> soon. <laughs> um, but yeah, just even the opening is like a direct like shot for shot from the 90s one. <laughs> what I'm trying, what happens on the intro to this one? They start on a boat and then weird things happen and then the fishermen disappear. Oh, well, yeah. Well, that's just like the intro to the original one, too. Okay, well, maybe it's a ripoff of it. But yeah, it is interesting that this one is like a direct sequel to the first one. This is like where the Godzilla, the second time the Godzilla timeline sort of like does a reboot sort of thing. Yeah. Um, But it's cool. I mean, it's the first one in the 80s and it's definitely got that kind of feel. It had some, I think the effects are really cool. They definitely made a big leap forward in like the the compositing and miniatures. Yeah. Um, Except I don't understand the weird like, hovercraft that they have oh, <laughs> that's the yeah. only thing Forgot that stands that. out like is it a helicopter but yeah is this in the future <laughs> as usual with most Godzilla movies the human story is pretty forgettable and strange yeah. like 
and they're they're trying to figure out how to how to kill Godzilla or get rid of him because he's bad again in yeah. this one. Um, he's just misunderstood. Yeah, and essentially they like create some kind of machine that attracts Godzilla. I think so they can like lure him back out to sea or something. Yeah, and they do they trap him in a volcano? Is that what they did in this one? They bomb the volcano closed I while think he's so. in it, something like that. Yeah, it, they like use sonar or something. Yeah, I think so. Uh, to get him to go there, they like I don't know something with sonar. <laughs> yeah, although I will say with the human side stuff, I do like. I tend to like in the Godzilla movies when there's a more like procedural human yeah. story where they're like step by step trying to figure out how to get rid of Godzilla or solve the problem or whatever. This one definitely has that like pseudoscience stuff, which is kind so of fun. So when Godzilla really does attack a city, we'll know what to do. Like uh-huh. that is the point. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all We have it's to all make this prep. as accurate as possible. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought it was fun. I'm excited to keep going with the Heisei movies. Uh, I think Biolante is the next one, which I'm excited about. I gave this one four stars, but where mm. do you rank it? You've seen way oh, more man. than I have. I don't even know if I've put it into my rankings yet. It's probably somewhere in the middle for me of, of okay. the show ones that I've seen so far. I feel like after, I don't remember the last one we watched, but I like this one way more. So that's why I gave it four. Yeah, I think I did. I did three and a half, um, which is what I've given the grand majority of the Godzilla movies because they're all like so tough. <laughs> well, they're really, they're enjoyable, but they're not like great movies. Like, I want my Godzilla like, to be amazing. There's a handful of exceptions <laughs> that are like worth a four or four and a half or five. Um, yeah. But yeah, most of them are like g- good, fun movies, but not like amazing movies. Um, What's up next? Do you want to do it? Who am I? <laughs> so we watched Who Am I? Also on Harper's birthday. It's a 1998 Jackie Chan movie. Yes. <laughs> so this one's weird. He's like a CIA operative who loses his memory in Africa. He's like a he's like a CIA uh, like a rogue group of CIA. Yeah, agents. like they They're don't like they aren't guys. supposed to exist. They don't have names. Yeah. Which is hence who am I? Except they're they're like <laughs> we don't know his name, and then they show him on the screen, and his character's name is Jackie yeah. Chan. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't really uh, think that one. Oh my god, it made me laugh so hard when I showed yeah. it. It's like his the movie is called Who Am I, and his character is literally named Jackie Chan. It was also directed by Jackie Chan and his brother Benny Chan. I think that's his brother Benny. Yeah, I don't wanna, I, Benny. Yeah. I don't want to assume, but he's, he's written a Chan. and co-directed a lot of stuff with Jackie. Yeah. Um. This was awesome. <laughs> it is awesome, but it's also so cheesy. <laughs> yeah, but to me, it was like, okay, so we watched Rumble in the Bronx on your birthday. Yeah. Which similarly cheesy, That's right? That's like Mad Max cheesy. <laughs> but I, yeah, I thought, uh, I like this a lot better than Rumble in the Bronx. The only thing I have, it's so weird seeing like Jackie Chan pop up in like full African tribe makeup oh, and that hair. that part was so good. <laughs> so weird. And there's the whole sequence where he like makes an IV for the guy out of a coconut. Yeah. He like climbs a tree like 30 feet yeah. in the air. And yeah. Oh but my. yeah, the best part is when he yells, who am I at yeah. the top of his lungs? They're all like, we got to solve the mystery. She was like, what's your name or whatever. And then he like runs to the top who of a hill and he's I? like, who am I? This movie definitely tops the list of movies that most frequently say the title of the movie in yeah, the movie. Definitely. <laughs> it's got to be at least 30 times. Every 10 minutes. Uh, literally, the say. African tribe. Oh, yeah, they call him they, Who Am yeah, I. Yeah, they name him Who Am I. Because that's the first thing he said to them. Yeah. 
But he also <laughs> learns their language. He's there for a while. It's true. <laughs> he makes friends. <laughs> so it's a globe-trotting adventure yeah. that is essentially all built around one big stunt at the end. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty spectacular. There's this building that has a huge like ramp. As soon going as you see the it. building, like yeah. I knew I knew about it beforehand. Like that's the reason I wanted to watch this movie. But like as soon as you see the building, you're like, yeah. oh, he's gonna slide down that building. Yeah. <laughs> but also the rooftop scene is amazing. That's probably my favorite part. That rooftop fight is great. There's like one guy who's like the kicking guy, and one yeah. guy's like the punching guy. Yeah. And together <laughs> they make one man. Yeah. <laughs> and then of course it's got the great uh, blooper reel at the end with all the like stunts and stuff I that went wrong. I love that Jackie Chan puts that in all his movies. Yeah. <laughs> what, what did we recently watch that we were hoping that was going to be in a new? Oh, uh, oh, well, it's like oh, it's on the list. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about it later. But yeah. I guess, I don't know. I think people deserve to see it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's fun. And this is a movie that's really hard to find. I'll just put it that way. Oh, it's yeah. hard to see, um, which is frustrating. I, I would love to get this on Blu-ray and I, I don't know if there's an easy way to, to do that. Probably not. <laughs> but Because yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, also, it has one of the woman, uh, women, I think it was like a stunt Person, oh really stunt driver it looked like she did a oh, lot of her yeah. own stuff or driving yeah i think you're right but i don't know for sure i could be just making that up <laughs> no it definitely se- no you're right it definitely seemed like the woman who he rescued in the desert yeah who's like a race she's like a dune a race racer or whatever driver. like yeah. off-road racer she se- does seem like she really drove her car in all the stunt scenes which is yeah. pretty cool too yeah uh jackie Ann definitely seems to cast people who are willing to do their own stunts yeah uh, definitely yeah um, so yeah, I really enjoyed it a lot. I gave it a four star. I did too. It's not as good as to- uh, Police Story. No, <laughs> it's certainly not in like the golden age of Jackie Chan movies, <laughs> yeah. but it's pretty, it's a lot of fun. And the yeah. stunts, I mean, even if you just watch it for the action sequences, they're a blast. They're really good. Yep. And that's all you need from a Jackie Chan movie. Uh-huh. So I think oh. we're going to now watch like Rush Hour and uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> whatever. I else. forgot to mention, I loved in Who Am I? The whole point is he's trying to like get back like a, f- is it a floppy disc? I think, a it's a CD. CD. I think it's a CD, a, a CD-ROM that has like bank details or whatever. And he donates them. He just like types in some stuff yeah. on a computer and donates like $18 billion to like <laughs> save the children. children. Yeah, save the children. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> Who pop up throughout the whole movie. So Jackie Chan has single-handedly saved the children of the world in this movie, which is also great. <laughs> What's next? Uh, continuing the birthday marathon, uh, Tammy and the T-Rex. Oh, yeah. So we went and saw this at the plaza because mm-hmm. they were doing a vinegar, vinegar syndrome, uh, show and pop-up. Yeah. So we bought a bunch of movies that we probably shouldn't have spent oh, yeah. all our money. Spent a lot of money. Um, but basically this movie is from 1994. It stars Denise Richards and Paul Walker. And woo, they're like high school sweethearts. Um, but for some reason, like her ex-boyfriend is a crazy, like controlled gang member. Yeah. <laughs> and he wants he doesn't want anybody dating his ex-girlfriend, Denise Richards. That's right. And so He's very possessive. Yeah. And then there's this like crazy mad scientist who's obsessed with creating a robot T-Rex. And then Paul Walker's brain gets put in the T-Rex. Let me just, <laughs> let me ask you a question, Michelle. When we were going to see Tim and the T-Rex, did you expect to see Paul Walker mauled by a lion? No. <laughs> I can't say I did. I did not either. Because that is the only way that a bully will really when you know, when you know there's a bully that's going to kill this guy, like that's part of the plot of the movie, you don't think... 
lion. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let's take him to the safari zone. <laughs> yeah. Super weird. Um, this movie was way more self-aware and funny on purpose than I expected it to be, which yeah. is, I, which is good. I mean, you know, sometimes when it does it right, it does it great. Like, I mean, it's a movie about a high school boy who gets put, whose brain gets put in a robot dinosaur who yeah. then uses a payphone to call his girlfriend. Oh, and he does char- charades. Charades, yeah. The dinosaur <laughs> to does tell plays her charades. That it's me. She's like, two words. Yeah. <laughs> With his little bitty dinosaur arm, T-Rex arms. Yeah, it's very weird. It's but really. But it's also enjoyable and funny. It's really funny, and it is a blast to watch. It's certainly the most, like, accessible Vinegar Syndrome movie I've watched thus far. Yeah. I would say. Um now, I don't want to just give it tons of praise without mentioning that it's also uh, it's also got some pretty questionable homophobic stuff that happens in the movie. It's, it's not questionable. And- <laughs> it's not it's not questionable. It's it is bad. You're right. It's 1994, like typical homophobia. Yes. Well, it's a weird one though because like one of the main characters is an openly gay guy, openly gay black guy who's yeah. Denise Richards' best friend, which is cool that that's he's a character in the movie. But like throughout the whole movie people around him, including the police are oh, constantly God. saying like offensive stuff. about. Like, don't bend over in front of him. Yeah, yikes. Like, so, oh my God. yeah. Tr- trigger warning, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And then his dad is like officer black. Yeah. <laughs> like, Brown. Oh, oh, I think God. it was Brown. I think it was okay. like officer Brown. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it was supposed to be funny or not. Yeah. I don't also, know. J- uh, apparently there's a censored version or not censored. There's an edited version. We saw the unedited. Right. This is like the first time the vinegar, syndrome release that got simultaneously put out on shutter um is like the first time that the uncensored gory version has been like because this movie is pretty gory it's yeah. got some some gory stuff which is great um yeah and i i really loved the mad scientist character and his weird assistant slash lover dominatrix yes. person well and his his two assistants is like one's like the big buff wrestling guy and the other's like the nerdy uh, the creepy kid from children of the corn uh-huh. who's like i'll make a dinosaur yeah. my robot's great yeah. uh so yeah it's i mean it's definitely worth seeing if you have shutter it's definitely worth a watch it's a lot of fun i'm trying to do you think they use the robot t-rex from jurassic park no but it was a pretty good dinosaur robot. Oh, it's not bad, yeah. Except when it's like far away and it's walking across the field. Well, yeah. Anytime <laughs> they have like to show it out. In, in the entirety of it, it's definitely like poorly animated. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. No, yeah, that is a good question. I wonder who did like. Well, the like, how many stuff. dinosaur robots are there in the world in 1994? <laughs> <laughs> it just seems like, hey, we have this. Why don't we use it? Yeah. <laughs> It's a, it's a definitely a weird, an oddity of a movie, but yeah, it's definitely fun with a group. I mean, seeing it in a theater was a lot of fun for sure. Yeah. Um, I gave it three and a half. It's hard to rate. I gave it two cause it is bad, but well, on yeah, enjoyability. Yeah. It's bad, it like but it's also meant to be <laughs> stupid. Like, I mean, clearly if, if it wasn't meant to be stupid, they would have just put his brain in a dinosaur, not a robot dinosaur. <laughs> like yes. there's too many weird things happening. <laughs> Where are you going to get a real dinosaur from? <laughs> Where are you going to get a robot dinosaur with a <laughs> from brain? From Jurassic Park. With a hole for a brain. <laughs> a brain. But anyways, yeah, Tammy and the T-Rex. You had any brains you would. (laughs) (laughs) Brains you would. Uh, Yeah. So next up, our very last movie. So we saw that with Plaza and then we came home. This is all still on my birthday, believe it or not. And we didn't even, we skipped a movie too. Um, 
the last one we watched was Let's Scare Jessica to Death because I picked up the new Scream Factory Blu-ray that I've been super excited about and waiting for for years. Yeah. So this came out in 1971 and it's about Jessica, mm-hmm. hence the name. Uh, she recently got let released from a mental ward. Something like and that. her husband thinks it would be good for them to move to a farm. And when you say them, you don't just mean him and her, his wife or girlfriend. No. It's the two of them and like their good friend for some reason. Yeah. Is I think it's because they're going to like, they want to make a hippie farm yeah. community. Yeah, it's definitely got that hippie feel to yeah. it for sure. And yeah. then there happens to be like a squatter living in the house mm-hmm. who just joins the family. Hey, hippie, Hence hippie the squatter. hippie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then um, creepy stuff happens. Yeah, this is definitely in like the hippie horror genre, but it is not similar at all to like uh, I Spit on Your Grave kind of hippie horror. Like it's very, very atmospheric I've seen many hippie horrors. Yeah, I mean, there's not a ton. I can't think of that I've seen. Would you count Devil's Rejects as hippie horror? No, I wouldn't say so. That's more like Texas horror. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Well, what, it's not but, like blatant hippieism, but no, yeah, I, I mean, always get the vibe from uh, it what's is like her name? Driving Sherry Moon. It is yeah. like driving around in a van going to yeah, that's ba- why. listen to the country music. But um. <laughs> But yeah, I think this has always been a movie that, uh, like the first time I saw it by myself, it really creeped me out. I think it's got great creepy atmosphere. Um, It's super like slow paced, but in a really good way. Like it's very carefully paced and stuff. And I love the voiceover is really like kind of haunting. Like she's got her own. It's a weird voiceover. It actually reminds me, this is a weird comparison, but it reminds me of uh, Wild, that Reese Witherspoon movie. You're weird. Well, that movie also has this (laughs) VO that's like, not always front and center. Like sometimes it's kind of background and sometimes it's not, sometimes it's her just humming or like, it's basically almost like her stream of consciousness. And it's the same way in this movie. Like it doesn't always come in like complete sentences and it's not always like the focus of what's happening. It's a really interesting kind of weird voiceover. For me, I thought it was a little too slow and subtle. Yeah. But the thing I liked a lot was that they weren't afraid to do horror in daylight. So I'm yeah. all about daylight horror. I yeah. really love it. <laughs> Let me say, too, if you've just seen the poster for this movie and thought it was something else, it's the poster has nothing to no, do with it. No, it really misrepresents what the movie is like. And in fact, I've I thought this myself, and I heard somebody else on a podcast say this. They thought it was a black exploitation movie because of the poster. Oh yeah, it doesn't look at it all like Maya her. Rudolph. Yeah, it does not. <laughs> it looks like a black woman. It has. It's not an exploitation movie. It's not. Most of it doesn't take place like by the moonlight on a boat. Like, yeah, there's. I don't know. There's the poster does not represent it all the way this movie no. feels. It's, it's a, a cool poster, but yeah, it has nothing to do with the movie. No. Um, but it, yeah, it's just a really creepy, um, movie that you kind of start to get an idea of what's happening much earlier than the characters do. Um, or do you, because she's crazy exactly. and we can't believe anything she sees. Right. You don't know whether it's like an unreliable narrator sort of thing. Although too. I hate the husband in this. <laughs> it's okay. He's not like a super stereotypical, like bad man. He's I don't think. a little controlling and awful and like. I'll send really? you back to the mental ward or whatever. He never says that. He's worried <laughs> he about her because it. she's like seeing hallucinations and stuff. Yeah, but then he's so worried he goes sleep with the hippie lady. Well, okay, I forgot about that. You're right about that. Um, it's like, oh, my wife's crazy. Will you sleep with me? But yeah, there's like, uh, there's definitely some weird like uh, ghost seduction stuff happening. And so. then there's a lot of weird stuff with the whole town. Yeah. They're very anti-hippie too, so you already don't like them. Mm-hmm. They like are very 
They're bullies. <laughs> yeah, the whole town yeah. is very strange and, and ends up being a big part of it. But yeah, I, I think it's a really cool movie. It's one of my favorite kind of lesser known horror movies, particularly from like the early 70s. I really, really dig yeah. it. That's Let's Scare Jessica to Death. And it's new Blu-ray out on Screen Factory. <laughs> so next, I think we've got two that I watched by myself this month. Um, first of which is Tombs of the Blind Dead. Sounds very weird. <laughs> it was pretty cool. This is one uh, my friend Tori had told me about. There's a it's there's four movies, and they're like hard to find. Like uh, I think there was like a a DVD set they made like four or five years ago that's out of print. And like that's the only way to watch it, maybe. But recently, all of them showed up on Amazon Prime, which is super weird. Um, so you're like, oh my god, I gotta watch all of that. Yes, I got excited. <laughs> so, yeah, and I still need to watch the other three. But um, yeah, just to get go through it really quickly, it's basically just about. There was like a cult of it's the night like the Knights Templar essentially, and when they died, they became these uh, they these blind zombies. Is this related to Indiana Jones? No. Okay. It's just a zombie movie. <laughs> <clears throat> it's a um, it's either you Spanish chose poorly <laughs> Spanish or Portuguese. I can't remember the details, but um, it's uh, and it kicked off their like uh horror movie craze for a little while apparently. But um, yeah, it's the story's corny and there's not much to it but the visuals of the zombies these zombie monks uh riding in slow motion on these horses is really cool and that's definitely what are they skeleton horses yeah uh the horses are not but the, the knights are like skeletal <laughs> knights um it's really cool looking um and th- yeah there's some really haunting like imagery in the movie um when it but, come out uh 1972 mm. I was picturing like something older. Now, fair warning, this is really irritating. I haven't checked recently, but when I watched this near the beginning of the month, um, all of the Blind Dead, all four of the Blind Dead movies, the the, uh, censored versions are the ones that are free with Prime. And the uncensored ones, you have to pay to rent. Although that's not at all clear. I, I only figured that out I after I watched it. keep issues with that. Yeah. There, we've watched a couple things this month on Amazon what that the were fuck? not the <laughs> best versions of that movie. So that's frustrating. Um, so I, I, I just looked up on YouTube, like the gory stuff that got cut. But yeah. Um, yeah, I gave it a three and a half. I think it's really, it was a really interesting movie visually, especially. And I'm, I'm uh, definitely interested in watching the other three movies. Um, and then the other one I watched by myself was uh, Elvira, Mistress of Zadark. Which I'm totally jealous and I wish we had watched it together. Yeah, I wish we had have two. I didn't know it was a movie you really were interested in watching, but... It's like one of those movies I kept putting off and putting off and it's like, oh, yeah, I've had it on my watch list for years, (laughs) but to be honest, I didn't know that much about it, but I had no idea that it would be basically Pee-wee's big adventure with a busty woman instead of (laughs) Pee-wee. Pee-wee can be busty, (laughs) Uh, but it's, um, look at that cute little outfit of yours. (laughs) It has a lot of the same cast as Pee-wee's big adventure. Well, yeah, and she's it, in Pee-wee. Yeah, I always forget about that. And it has very much the same feel, like very like corny humor and goofy yeah. stuff. Um, but it's just, it was a lot of fun. Um, it's not like a great movie, but it's, it's a ton of fun to watch. So I'm definitely, I'm down to watch it again if you want to see well, it. Well, I'm considering it for our Halloween movie fun this year. Yeah, it's we'll a weird, because it's not really a horror movie in any way, shape, or form. But it's the Mistress <laughs> of the Dark. But it is, um, <laughs> it is very funny. Very, very funny. Okay, we'll see. Um, yeah, we should definitely watch it before then, because I think you'd like it a lot. Um, so next, you want to do this one? Next, we watched 
Old Boy, not the remake, but the original from do you, 2003. Do you even have to clarify? <laughs> yeah, who knows? Who the hell is even watching the remake? <laughs> so I don't really know how to describe this movie for people who haven't seen it, but it's directed by Park Chan-wook. Um, and it's like a man is in prison for 15 years and he has no idea why. And then when he's released, he kind of has to figure out the mystery and he meets somebody to kind of help him figure it out. Yeah, it's a revenge movie. That's an easy that's an easy way to say it. Um, according to Letterboxd, it is drama, thriller, mystery, action. Nothing yeah. about revenge. It's, well, it's part of the revenge <laughs> trilogy, and it's a Korean revenge movie, which is like a genre unto itself. Mm. Um, um, so we've it's been a while. I don't remember the last time we watched this, but I think it's required viewing for oh, anybody absolutely. into Korean cinema it, or revenge movies. It always <laughs> kind of surprises me when I meet somebody who likes movies and is like a movie person and has not seen Old Boy. Like that's shocking yeah. to me because it's to me it is one of the like quintessential movies of the last like twenty years. Well, it's weird because I always feel like. Like maybe it should be older than it actually is. When did it come out? Two thousand three. Yeah, we are eating lots of fruit right now. Sorry, I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think what I like—I mean, this movie has a crazy, insane twist. I'm not going to spoil it because that would be awful. Cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, I also like how the movie's filmed. It's really, yeah. Um, Lots of cool like cinematography. Oh yeah. Um, and the best scene ever is in a hallway, and you get like this side panning view of him like uh, fighting off like twenty dudes with a hammer in one take. Of course. Yeah, yeah that's that's definitely the most famous scene. You know, I forgot how much I like the music in Old Boy too. Yeah. It's got Old Boy. The music in Old Boy has the same feel as like the music in Fight Club and like Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. It's this very like mean techno kind of yeah feel. that's it's really cool that was like early 2000s really nailed that feel yeah um, <laughs> uh old blows a five, five yeah out of five. i give it five I've, yeah it holds up i don't think there's anything a little outdated well i guess he uses like a phone anyway it's crazy <laughs> well, that's a lot outdated he uses yeah. a, a flip phone Does he, he goes a to an internet cafe <laughs> Well, I like that it kind of it starts off in like a very intense scene and you have no idea what's happening. And then it kind of goes back and like flashback and you see where it like begins. And then it's a lot going on. I can't talk about it because it'll the scene just of him spoil in the police everything. station at the beginning is great. Yeah. It sets him up as such a jerk. Yeah. But it's also very funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh boy, go watch it. Yeah. Because I can't it's, talk about it. <laughs> it's got to be streaming somewhere. Yeah, we... Um, I can't I remember. think it's on Shutter. Yeah, I think it is on Shutter right now. Um, yeah, we had the DVD and we were like, mm, let's just watch the Shutter. <laughs> um, yeah, old boy's awesome. Um, next one's another one I watched by myself. I've watched a bunch of uh, like I, I've been looking at my watch list and just looking at what on watch list on Letterbox and seeing what's available to stream and just picking something kind of at random to try and knock some things off that enormous watch list I have. Uh, so this one is The Living Dead at Manchester Morgue. Which What's with I, all these titles? That's a great title. Uh, <laughs> Tombs which, of the Blind Dead. I the think, Living Dead. <laughs> this, this one's on Amazon Prime also. Um, so hopefully I watch the right version. Who the hell knows? Mm. Um, yeah, and I feel like this one has an alternate name too, but I don't remember. But Living Dead at Manchester Morgue. Um, 
basically is like trying to capitalize on Night of the Living Dead, obviously. It came out in 1974. It's a British movie. Um, and it's kind of awesome. I was really surprised at how good it is. Um, the zombies have really an interesting, unique look. Like they have kind of the gray look from Night of the Living Dead, but they also have these creepy red glowing eyes. Or not, they're not glowing. They're like these red, weird contact lenses. Um, and then what the other kind of cool thing about this movie is like once you sort of figure out what's going on and there's zombie attacks start, like there's literally zombie attacks constantly for the like last hour of the movie and the movie's only like 90 minutes. <laughs> so it's, there's just a ton of zombie action. The music. How big are the hordes? Uh, no, I mean, it's not like the hordes. <laughs> it's not, it's not like thousands the of zombie zombies. There's hordes. probably like six zombies at most on screen. But How's the makeup? <laughs> uh, makeup's cool. Um, but the movie has cool music. It, it's uh, This is in, like, outside of the zombie stuff, there's this hippies versus cops narrative going on where, of like, course. the cops don't believe <laughs> the hippies and stuff. Um, which also, there was a quote that was used in a, uh, I, I'd funny, it always jumps out at me. Uh, there's a quote at the beginning of a, um, uh, Electric Wizard song and then when I heard that in this movie it was sampled from this movie I was like oh my god that's where it's from <laughs> and he's like you're all the same the lot of you it's the cop like talking to the hippies oh. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah this is a shockingly solid zombie movie that's pre-Dawn of the Dead like this, this is a good halfway point between Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead I, I really enjoyed it not, not nearly as much as the social commentary unless you take the hippies thing as that but um, yeah. So many hippies this month. Yeah. <laughs> Living Dead at Manchester Morgue. I, I recommend it. I give it a three and a half stars. All right. Um, I think next movie, Blue Valentine, mm-hmm. which you've seen. Yep, I rewatched. Watch yeah. So I rewatched it and it's basically, it stars Ryan Gosling, Michelle Williams. It came out in 2010 and it's kind of like Michelle Williams, is in a new relationship with Ryan Gosling, but then she finds out she's pregnant by her ex-boyfriend, and then they decide to have the baby and be a family. But then it, like, flashes forward to, like, I don't know, eight years later or something and kind of checks in with them. Well, tell me if I'm wrong. Isn't the way that it's structured that, like, in the first part of the movie, you think Ryan Gosling's character is kind of a jerk, that he's, like kind of just a deadbeat dad and then you flash back in the middle of the movie to find out that he's caring for a child yes okay he is a total jerk though sometimes right (laughs) but it's like it's a complicated morality they're all kind of jerky to each other yeah um so yeah it's very depressing (laughs) what else did this guy direct after blue valentine i'm trying to remember i hope it ugh my god it's oh our- my god that's what it, yeah now I, I remember what it is now <laughs> it's the place beyond the pines which we were so excited for because we love blue valentine and we're like what the hell is this <laughs> yeah one of the, if we do an episode on most disappointing movies that's yeah definitely going on the list. well we also saw another movie the light between oceans is that lighthouse keeper movie with alicia he did that yeah, yeah i forgot about that very forgettable we like had a free pass to go see it um but i really like blue valentine I think if you watch it, you can tell whether or not you're in a good relationship. That's ominous. <laughs> no, I've actually talked to another person before who saw it, and they're like, yeah, after I watch it, I realized I needed to get divorced. <laughs> wow. Yikes. Should I be worried? <laughs> yeah. But um, I really like... It's so... Like, the end of this movie, it's like... Uh, 
the little girl. I think the other dynamic is that Ryan Gosling isn't the girl's father, but right. she obviously loves him probably more than her mom to a certain extent mm -hmm. because at the end she's just like running after him and stuff and like always wanting to be around him and like where's dad where's dad where's dad <laughs> and then michelle williams just gets to deal with it and be the grown-up <laughs> i need to see it again because you know the main thing i remember about it is that i i remember the last like five minutes and the credits are like some of those beautiful things I've ever seen in a movie. The, well, yeah. the fireworks and the grizzly bear alligator song. It's like, yeah, scored by grizzly perfect. bear, which absolutely also perfect. helps. <laughs> yeah. I need to watch that again. I, I really, I've only seen it the one time in theaters. I think, I don't think I've ever, I think we've seen it. Did we? Another. Yeah. Cause we bought it. I think we watched it. Maybe so. A couple years ago. But, and what was it? You remember, what does he do in the trailer? That song he sings that you used to sing all the time? You only hurt. He's like, I can only <laughs> sing when I sing funny. Good job, Michelle. I might have the You're soundtrack. The <laughs> what does that even mean? The goose. It's like his name is Gosling, the not Gooseling. Gooseling. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> Eat your cereal. Right, <laughs> oh, I also like there's a scene where they go to like a love hotel and it's in the future. It's like an alien UFO thing. It's so bizarre. I think I walked in when you were watching it in that scene and I thought you were watching some sci-fi movie or something. No. <laughs> and I was like, when is, um, uh, is it Carrie Mulligan or Michelle Williams? It's Michelle Williams. God, I cannot keep, I, I, I swear they're the same person. They could be. We haven't proven it yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways. Yeah. Um, next. <laughs> next one we watched was Day of the Dead. Yes. Which I had only seen one time before. Oh so we're just in insane. the line of deads. Oh, come on. Come on. It's for our viewers. Oh, okay. God, Harper. Are you sure? Are you Night sure Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. <laughs> and then? No, nobody cares about after that. <laughs> yeah. Um so this is the third movie, third and they're movie. each like 10 years apart, right? <laughs> yeah, Day of the Dead came out. When did Day of the Dead come out? Um, 1985. 85, yeah, and uh, Dawn of the Dead was 78? Something like that, and then... Night of the Living Dead, 68, 60s. 69. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so Day of the Dead, just to, if you've never seen it, it's like the zombie apocalypse has gone way farther down in the timeline, and so like... There are very few humans left, and they are the humans that we follow are holed up in a bunker. It's scientists, like scientists yeah, it's scientists that are trying to thing. figure out how to get rid of the zombies, and it's like the army guys that are supposed to be protecting them. Yeah, but they are obviously uh, this is a George Romero movie, so the military <laughs> guys are kind of insane and turning on the scientists. I think everyone's a little insane in this movie. <laughs> yeah, Doctor Frankenstein. Yeah. I mean, you're basically working 24 hours for the rest of your life, so. And, and <laughs> Zombies don't sleep, Harper. They True. don't sleep. <laughs> so, Maybe they do sleep. We've never seen them sleeping. <laughs> I want to make sleep of the dead. <laughs> okay. That's what you do every morning. <laughs> yeah. Me and Harley are going to make it. <laughs> um. <laughs> did you hear her? No, did she say? <laughs> yeah, she's like, damn right. <laughs> um. For me, the plot of Day of the Dead isn't quite as interesting as Dawn of the Dead. The characters like aren't as compelling, but the setup is super interesting, and the effects in this movie yeah. are 
like some of the best zombie yeah, slash gore really effects of all this. time. I mean, there's some stuff in this movie that looks better than anything that's come out in the last 30 years. What's um, <laughs> his, the main zombie, the smart zombie, Bob? Uh, bub. 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 You ever seen, hear a surgeon yeah. named Bub? Who, like his face, the makeup on it, like he actually, his face moves even though his skin is like saggy and falling off. I love Bub. <laughs> I love Bub so much. Best you zombie see ever. lots of expressions. Yeah. Like, which we have we had this before? I don't know. But <laughs> Zombies like, don't sleep. <laughs> I always think about like, I mean, there's so many good effects moments in this movie where like there's Dr. Tongue in the very beginning, like the guy who doesn't Press. have a jaw. There's uh, when the zombie rolls over and all his guts fall out of his stomach. Yeah, that was pretty gross. It's the guy who gets torn. Uh, his belly gets torn open. That uh, a classic. Mm-hmm. And, oh man, the one the one guy who is always laughing, the military guy, and his like face gets peeled back, and his eyeball is still where it's supposed to be, but there's like no skin around it. It's yeah, super creepy looking. <laughs> yeah the the um, the effects in this movie are off the charts awesome. But it features also- a young Gregory Nicotero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also like. Um- all the movies feel sort of connected too, and it kind of just feels like they pick up right where the last one ends. But also, this has another like helicopter crew, which ow, hardly bit me. <laughs> ow, yeah. Zombie attack. Let's move on. <laughs> um, well, yeah, yeah all, another all, fly boy. <laughs> they all have to have helicopter crews because otherwise, that's the only way the movies can end. Is they just well, go what if somewhere? Bub learns how to fly a helicopter. Yeah. Q land of the dead <laughs> just like uh De- dawn of the dead the only kind of disappointing thing about this movie is the ending because there's no good way to end the only good way Those to end a zombie don't end right they just keep going the only good way to end a zombie movie is night of the living dead it's the only satisfying yeah. way to end the zombie movie. all the other ones have very unsatisfying endings yeah. because that's kind of the point it just keeps <laughs> going and then i like the lady in this what's her name sarah yeah She's a badass. She is. She's very in charge and like doesn't, you know. And the men are all like, oh, you're a woman. You can't boss me around. And then she's like, I am going to boss you around. <laughs> That's true. She does do yeah. that. <laughs> because I know what's going on. <laughs> so I like her. She's a good role model. <laughs> yeah. This movie rules. It's uh, D- Day of the Dead is my personal favorite of the Romero zombie movies, I think. I don't know. I think I still... <sighs> When we Dawn rewatched Night movie. of the Living Dead, I was like, this is pretty amazing. All I think I appreciate it more. And yeah. for different reasons, I think. But then Dawn of the Dead has the great, like, uh, that scene where their friend be- trans- transforms into a zombie. Oh, he sits up and it's like. <laughs> excellent. Yeah, well, and the one in the elevator, too, yeah, is excellent. Yeah, both of their friends. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're all three of those original ones are like insanely good. They're all five stars for me, I think. Definitely. Uh, I think I get Well, I gave this four. How dare I could you? probably bump it How up at some you? point. It's a I'm five not going to let you pressure me. <laughs> I've seen this movie six times. And I know that for a fact because, uh, interesting trivia, Day of the Dead was the first movie in my movie journal when I started keeping track of movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the summer before I started college, Day of the Dead was the first, after I watched it, I was like, I'm going to start writing down the movies I've watched. And then you and went doing insane. It, <laughs> doing it for 11 years now. catalog everything. It's true. true. Does it count if I don't have a written record of it? <laughs> Ain't that the truth. All right. What's next? Uh, I think Gretel and Hansel. 
Gretel und Hansel. Gretel und Hansel. So this is another 2020 movie that we saw directed by Oz Perkins. Yep. And it's kind of a twist on Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Yeah. <laughs> Literally a twist. Just twist the names around. That's the only thing that's go. <laughs> Um, So for me, I had, I don't know if I had any expectations really, um, but going into it, I think... I think it looks really cool, and I think the music is really cool, but overall, I wasn't that impressed. Yeah, it's kind of a mixed bag for me, as I thought the um, visuals are really cool, and occasionally they're pretty, like, inter very interesting and innovative looking, uh, and I like the score a lot. I thought the music was really good. Yeah. Um, I thought the kid that plays Hansel was distractingly bad. Uh, yeah, he was. He was annoying. Well, he just, I don't know. He just felt like he was reading his lines. He didn't, was not a very good actor. Yeah, I feel um, like that's what I wrote when I reviewed it, that I felt like the casting wasn't great. See, and I, I liked the girl from It. I can't remember her name. I thought she was pretty I good. Thought she was and I thought the fine, witch was good. But also, like, this movie has a very, like, European vibe, and I think even the, like, the witch lady speaks with an accent, and it's like... She's like... Irish, maybe. I don't. I was thinking like Swedish or something. Um, but so Sophia Lillis, who plays Gretel, she stuck out to me. I don't mm. know. I thought she, she was, was a little too American. Maybe <laughs> so. I thought she was okay. But yeah, it's it's a bummer because I feel like this movie was like really close to grasping at something really interesting and yeah. like a deeper meaning to the movie, uh, like a, kind yeah. of a feminist idea. But it just sort of. I don't know, slips through its fingers a little bit. Yeah, it never really gets there. Well, and the twist feels like it's supposed to be a big deal. And but the more I thought about it, the more I was like, that doesn't change at all what I already knew was happening. Like, yeah, I don't want to spoil what it. What twist? <laughs> well, about really the fairy tale in the beginning and who the witch actually uh, is in that fairy tale. Yeah, that doesn't change anything. No, exactly. It doesn't really change the story. I guess the only thing it changes is that she basically chose to embrace evil, her powers rather than them just being given to her kind of, I, I don't guess. Know. Yeah. But either way, it's not, I don't know. It doesn't have the impact that I feel like they intended. Yeah. But it looks awesome. Yeah. Production uh, you know, is great. It, it is interesting. Uh, did you hear that Kyle said some people were comparing it to Mandy? Well, yeah, but like what movie isn't going to be just influenced has, by Mandy now? Is that just because it has like triangular houses in the yeah. woods? <laughs> like just because you hired a good cinematographer doesn't make everything like Mandy now. <laughs> yeah. I kind of see the comparison, but it, yeah, it's nowhere near as interesting or cool no. as Mandy. Um, yeah, Gretel and Hansel. So that's one of the movies. So maybe see movies. it for free when it comes to streaming. I don't yeah, know. I, think, I mean, <laughs> I think it's worth checking out. But I, I think Black Coat's Daughter is far superior. Much. Uh, much I think I did me. enjoy that one more. I like the twist. That one has a twist. That, that one has I a very liked. interesting twist. Yeah. Um, yeah. Next up. Spookies. Spookies. <laughs> Spookies. So, uh, yeah. So I got this at Christmas. The Vinegar Syndrome blu-ray release of spookies that has been impossible to find since vhs um and we watched it as part of something that will be coming out soon under uh under screen rex scream <laughs> yeah it's called scream rex <laughs> yeah you'll see we haven't announced it yet but you'll see yeah where um, harper and his friend kyle go super into depth over spookies <laughs> yeah, that's what the first. Not yeah. the, that's not the entire series is going to be. <laughs> that's all, all that's going to be about. That's the first minute episode. by minute. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, we watched Spookies, uh, which was a movie. I won't go into too much detail, but 1986. We'll try to explain it. <laughs> explain what happens. What it's what the draw to it is. Well, it's a movie that hasn't that's had a lot of rights issues, and so you haven't been able to legally see it uh, in any way since you know blockbuster era. Um, but yeah, it had like a troubled past where they the two directors shot the movie and then they got fired and then some a new director got brought on who was a porn director and she shot a whole new uh, section of the movie and stitched the two things together so that and they vaguely make vaguely sense. yeah <laughs> uh, even the original stuff doesn't make sense on its own so adding the other new plot yeah, is really strange but i feel like we should watch the parts individually i wish see. i could i'd be interested to see what the original twisted souls was like yeah um but uh yeah so that's kind of the draws there's like a lot of weird history behind it but um yeah i mean it's a terrible movie <laughs> yeah it's pretty bad it's a bad movie but but it's got awesome creatures. Would it you, does have you good agree? effects. Yes, it's got great practical effects because it's just so clearly trying but really hard to be bad. Evil Dead. <laughs> oh, it's awful. I mean, the story is terrible. The acting is terrible. Editing it's doesn't make even, any sense. Like, I'm trying to think of it. It's not even, like, enjoyable like Tammy and the T-Rex. No, not in that same There's way. There's, like, two or three parts that might be. But I think it's really fun. If you're into practical effects and creature design and stuff, I think there's some fun stuff to latch onto for sure. I really liked the Spider Woman creature. I liked the creature yeah. that had like the tentacle that melted the woman's face off. That was really cool. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's a bunch of monsters. But you can hear Kyle and I talk about this movie in a lot more depth yeah. sometime soon on the Screen Rex feed. <laughs> we'll link it. What's next? Uh, so next mm. we, so this is, yeah. yeah, well, take it away, Harper. Well, we both watched <laughs> this, but, um, so yeah, this month also just a few days ago was the women in horror film festival, um, which I went to the first year they did it a few years ago and then I missed the second year and got to go back this year. Um, and so we watched a couple of movies from there. Um, and, uh, the one that I wanted to talk about is mass hysteria. Um, which was a movie, it basically, so the idea is it takes place in Salem and there's, uh, these people that do like a, um, historical play about witches and witch hunts. And then they're a bunch of crazy unruly tourists that come into town for Halloween, like they always do. And, uh, one of the tourists gets sick and dies right after, uh, the woman who's playing the witch in the play, like curses, curses him. him. <laughs> and so the tourists think she's actually a witch. And then there's something do. else that makes <laughs> is making them kind of go crazy. And so they basically become like this witch hunt slash zombie horde yeah. coming to get the quote unquote witch and all her friends. Um, so it's a very like Edgar Wright kind of take on Halloween, um, uh, re like witch reenactment culture, yeah. <laughs> I guess, or Halloween <laughs> tourist culture. I don't know what to, what to call that, but, um, it's not like an amazing movie, but, and it has some problems. I think it's way too short, which I never, ever, ever say about indie movies. It's only like 66 minutes. I think the problem I had with it was that it's more like an inside joke that I feel like people working in Salem probably have with one another. I mean, maybe it felt, so. I mean, I felt like I got it like well i didn't understand the german tourists like that was weird i mean it was just bad writing <laughs> could be <laughs> um but i thought it was fun it just they, it moves way too fast for you to really 
latch onto any of the characters. And there's like a twist at the end that doesn't feel like it has a lot of meaning because you've only spent an hour with these characters. That's true. I feel like, yeah, it doesn't pay off well at the end. It's like building up and like more people are dying and then it's like, oh, so this person did it. <laughs> yeah. But it's a fun movie. I wanted to mention it because there were four features at the fest and there's one that I still haven't had a chance to see that I'm going to watch probably tonight or tomorrow um, that I suspect is probably the best one of the bunch. But um, uh, Mass Hysteria was... It's it was fun. It was the one I enjoyed the most out of the other three. I think. I think I enjoyed Cold Wind Blowing. I'm not gonna talk about it, but uh, I think I like that one more. Yeah, I mean they were, both, they were both they were both 90s. They were both thing. good, but but yeah. with some problems. Yeah, together we'll mash them, <laughs> yeah. spooky it. They're pretty. Yeah, let's spook, let's spookies them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, listeners, if somebody wants to spookies those two movies together, and also let's make spookies a thing. Yeah, as I'm a verb. Spookies it. Uh, what's next? Next is the foreigner. Give me the names of the bombers. <laughs> give me the name of the bomber. <laughs> so this is taken, but with Jackie Chan, <laughs> and nobody's yep. actually no, taken. They're just blown up. <laughs> it's taken slash wind that blows the barley, or yeah. wind that shakes the barley. <laughs> yeah, mixed with a little bit of James Bond. <laughs> you want to tell what it's about real quick? Yeah. So this movie came out in 2017. It stars Jackie Chan and it was directed by the guy who did Casino Royale. Martin Campbell. Yeah. yeah. And, and it stars. Green Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> and Goldeneye. <laughs> and it stars Pierce Brosnan and Jackie Chan and a bunch of people from Game of Thrones. Um, yeah. Every Irish actor they could find. Yeah. Basically. But basically Jackie Chan plays Quan Quinn. Quan, I think. Quan. Um, he's a humble London businessman. Are you reading this from somewhere? <laughs> I'm taking parts from the description. <laughs> it says humble. Anyway, he drops his daughter off at like a dress shop to get something for school, like a prom or whatever, whatever England does. I don't know. And then the dress, the bank next door blows up and she passes away, which starts his long quest of revenge to find who out who did it you will give me the name of the bombers yes <laughs> uh and yeah and but little it, did they know he's also like a secret uh, agent yeah retiree <laughs> yeah he was like a, a, a special what do they call it um special ops yeah something know. like that but um special forces um but yeah and the other part of it is that like the whole pierce Brosnan part is that the bombing was by a rogue IRA? Uh, cell yeah. of the IRA. Which and Pierce Brosnan is like the Irish prime minister dude. He's the first deputy or something or other. Yeah, guy. it's not real clear. But yeah, so it's weird because this movie's like partially a Jackie Chan action movie and partially a like political thriller about like the Irish, about the IRA and yeah. terrorism. Yeah, I had to look up a lot of things while watching it just because I don't know like anything about what, stems from ira stuff and what caused it i don't know yeah yeah so it's a little confusing but i think um it's pretty awesome (laughs) yeah i actually think i liked it better than i expected to actually i i wish that those two thing the two movies essentially were a little bit more blended naturally like yeah i feel like the jackie chan part of the story doesn't really have a very uh satisfying end yeah and it's and it sort of disappears yeah it just like, like 
There was a part in the movie <laughs> they when... They spookied it. <laughs> oh, my <Maybe>. God. <laughs> <laughs> there was a part of the movie when I remember thinking, when they cut back to Jackie Chan, I was like, oh, I totally forgot he was even in this for a yeah. second. Because you stay with Pierce Brosnan for such a long time. And like time. all the Pierce Brosnan's issues with his family Well, it's very stuff. complicated. So yeah. you have to pay really close attention to that. And then you're like, There's oh, yeah, I forgot this meat. is like an action movie where Jackie Chan like beats up yeah. dudes in the woods. <laughs> um, yeah, so basically he's hounding Pierce Brosnan and like because he knows Pierce Brosnan knows who did it. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to get revenge on the people that yeah. blew up uh, his daughter, basically. And then there's some pretty good action scenes, but I feel like we both kind of said at the end, like they should have ended with like one more. Yeah, there's a really... tie it all together. There's a pretty good one that takes place near the end, but then after that, it sort of just kind of peters out a little bit yeah. because it because they have to wrap up the Pierce Brosnan side of the story. Yeah. And so Jackie Chan's part just kind of fizzles out a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but it's pretty cool. I enjoyed it. Oh, and I didn't. I definitely wanted to mention awesome Cliff Martinez score. Yeah, we were watching, and you're all like, "This isn't Clint Martinez." I was like, "Yeah, it? no way, Cliff Martinez score." And I was like, "It is." <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty cool score. It's definitely yeah. got his fingerprints all over it, which is cool. I'd had no idea. Yeah, it's not as good as Casino Royale, but I mean, it's no. Yeah, it's <laughs> no. it's good. It's good. It's on Netflix. Go watch it. <laughs> yeah. The Foreigner. Give me the names of the Foreigner. <laughs> you will give me the name of the Foreigner. <laughs> All right. So I think the next movie I watched without you, which is Downton Abbey. <laughs> Thank you for not making me watch this. So I feel like I had to see it. And then because somebody gave me gave the movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, I watched the entire series. And there is no way you would enjoy this movie unless you watch the show. Well, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Well, people do that. They'll like make a TV movie or whatever. Do you think anybody saw Sex and City 2, the movie, without Definitely. having seen the TV show? Yes. Because <laughs> I worked through it and they did. <laughs> um, but anyway, so Downton Abbey, it's the thing I liked about it probably is what we liked about the show. Like all the costumes are amazing and like production design. And then like it's actually shot really, really beautifully. Like. I don't know if they use like IMAX cameras to shoot outside, but everything is just like glowing and pretty. Hmm. Um, so I thought like that stuff was amazing. Like they could never get that for the TV show, although the TV show is pretty good too. Um, do, you, do you know who directed it? Was it somebody who worked on the show mostly? I'm actually not sure. I never even. Thought I about think. That. Okay, so Michael Ingler, mm -hmm. and then on Letterboxd, it also says Return to Downton Abbey, like the Grand Adventure and some PBS stuff. So I'm guessing he probably did. Okay. I don't have IMDb up, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, but the only problem with this is that it's kind of forcing a lot of plot points to happen. Like basically the king and queen are coming to visit and they're doing like a oh, tour. Dear. Yeah. And then it's just like, there's an assassination attempt that like the old chauffeur like has to is. stop because he used to be a member of the IRA <laughs> mm. and they're like, can we trust him? Um, and can then, yeah. <laughs> and then the whole thing driving the plot of the movie is that like the Royal family brings their own staff and oh, so, no. yeah, all the staff, like, we're not even going to get to serve our royal family. And then they, like, lock people in rooms and, like, so they can serve them and make the dinner. And it's like, eh, this is kind of forced. See, <laughs> yeah, that was my problem with this shit. Not to, like, get into a whole thing. Yeah. But, like, 
I loved the show for the first, I don't know, two seasons. It definitely jumped the shark well, after you stopped yeah. watching. Well, yeah, because it <laughs> came, it started as a show that was very much about like the changing times and changing yeah. social classes and then became a show about what tragedy can we make happen next? Well, yeah, that's what a lot of this was tragedy. And then like times are changing. And then like, let's give this character something to do. Like, what's his name? The bad guy of the first few seasons. Uh, um, Thomas, maybe the evil butler, the evil butler. Like, you know, he's gay in the show and they never really resolve any of it. And then like in this movie, he goes to a gay club for the first time, but gets arrested like hmm. in a raid or whatever. But then the like Royal family Butler is actually secretly gay too. And they're going to start writing letters to each other. Convenient. <laughs> yeah. The show became super unbelievable yeah after a while they should have just like kept it like it worked a slow pace like mm -hmm. it, that's what it, it, you cared about all the characters and stuff we don't care about like an assassination attempt on the king that's crazy <laughs> um yeah <laughs> well let me ask you this too since i didn't finish the show did the show not have like an a satisfying ending like does the movie like give an ending to the there show was no that the point show didn't for this have? movie like i was fine with it's how just, it ended before is it more just like an extended it just episode? keeps extending it like what are they gonna do now like because mm. <laughs> i think they even ended the show and then they had like the christmas special i don't know yeah maybe so i don't remember so i give it three stars only watch this if you watch the show <laughs> Yeah. And even then, you don't have to <laughs> do whatever you want. Sounds like you loved it. <laughs> if you like costume <laughs> you design, good review. Yeah. <laughs> if you enjoy costumes, sure, watch it. Oh, and Matthew Good shows up for like five whole minutes. Yeah, well, cool. I guess I do love Matthew Good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, that brings us to our last film, mm -hmm. which is Ghost, Ghost World. World. <laughs> Ghost World. Ghost World. Funky. Terry, it's funky by Terry Zwickoff. Um, so when did this come out? This came out in 2001. It's, you said Terry Zwickoff. Zwick I don't know if it's Zwickoff or Zwickoff. Yeah. And it's Thor Birch, Scarlett Johansson, Steve Buscemi, and a bunch of other random characters who are amazing. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. I love this movie. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I love movies. <laughs> uh so yeah, it's a very like coming of age after high school, in between college. It hits mm -hmm. the nail on the whatever the phrase is <laughs> on the head. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's the nail on the whatever the phrase is. I'm getting sleepy. Apparently. Yeah, it's basically they these two girls graduate high school and they're like the weird. Yes, they're the <laughs> kind of oddballs, and but they also make fun of all the other oddballs. Yeah. Um, and Scott Johansson is more like she's starting to move into a more like practical phase yeah. of her life where like she like, wants to own an apartment and get anymore. a job. <laughs> uh, uh, and whereas um, Thora Birch's character is still sort of like, doesn't know how to, how to grow up or what, what that means for or where her. to like fit in. Yeah. Where she fits in. And she, they play a prank on this weird guy, Steve Buscemi, insert yeah. Steve Buscemi. Um, answering his personal ad. <laughs> yeah. Basically to play a very mean prank on him. And then she kind of, befriends him and they kind of start up this fr fr this weird friendship and um but yeah it's based off a graphic novel this is one of those one of those rare ones where the movie is far superior to the comic mm -hmm. it's my and it was i've never read the comic so you could know. read it in like 30 seconds it's very <laughs> short um but uh 
uh, Daniel Close, who wrote the comic and drew the comic, is also a co-writer and I think producer on this too. He was definitely involved with the making of it, which is really cool. Um, yeah, just to show you how different it is, the comic, the Steve Buscemi character does not exist in the comic, which seems like, what is it even about? Yeah, it drives <laughs> right? the whole film. Like, that's the entire <laughs> point, sort of, the movie. But, um, yeah, I think Ghost World is in- incredibly funny, but also super poignant. Yeah. I love the way it's shot. I love th- all the background characters have all these weird, quirky personalities. There's even, like the Satanists. Yeah, and even the people who people. never <laughs> never have a line or anything or not yeah. even focused on. But, um, yeah, it's a brilliant movie. I, and I've, I totally forgot how much I loved it. I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah, we 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 bought a couple Criterion Criterion sale last week, and this was one of them. So, the, I suspect this will be one of our Criterions we will rewatch. More lots, than likely, because <laughs> it's such a fun movie. Yeah, super funny. What was the genre? There was one thing that happened early in the movie that I I pulled a I pulled a guffaw. <laughs> I don't. I wish I could remember what it was now, but it made me laugh really hard. It was pretty early. Was it like at the prom or not prom graduation? Uh, man, I don't. Oh, I know what it was. It was the guy in the gas station. Uh, oh yeah, Doug. His shirt. He's getting kicked out of the gas the convenience <laughs> store because he doesn't have a shirt on, and he's got all his beef jerky in his mouth. He's like, "You gotta take me to dinner yeah. first. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, yeah. that's funny. <laughs> Um, and then I totally identify with Steve Buscemi now. So you can really grow with this movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you can start off as a high schooler and then you can move on to the middle age record collector. <laughs> That's true. I definitely see myself. Everybody. <laughs> yes. I see myself a lot in Steve Buscemi's character now. Well, when he's like has total road rage, I'm like, Ooh, he's I like, feel well, like I've some said kids, all of why that. Don't you? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, just take your time. Just take your time, man. <laughs> and he drives that goofy little car. Yeah. <laughs> It's very yeah. sad, but also yeah. very accurate. <laughs> take this opportunity to say, Terry's wig off, please come back. Please direct another movie because Crumb and Ghost World are so good. Yeah. What about Bad Santa? <laughs> yeah, Bad Santa's good too. I don't I, think I've ever seen Bad Santa. Really? Really. Oh, we got to watch it on Christmas Eve next year. Okay. This year. It's a date. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, I would be interested to watch Art School Confidential again. That was one of the ones I saw like at the school theater when I was in college. I was really excited about it because I loved Ghost World and Crumb. And it's just like kind of okay. I remember yeah. not really liking it that much. Oh, I love a lot of this deals with like art school too. And they're mm, always mm-hmm. like, it's so accurate. Like She's like, I think the tampon <laughs> in the teacup represents our, fem- what, what does the teacher say? She like interrupts her and. She's like feminine, uh, supp- your suppressed femininity. Yeah, She's like, like uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Guys, we graduated high school. (laughs) I can't believe we did it. (laughs) Totally crazy. We graduated high school. Uh, Yeah, Ghost World is fantastic. Yeah, everybody needs to see it. And also, it's one of the few Scarlett Johansson movies I like. (laughs) I didn't realize she was like 14 when she was in this movie. That's insane. Yeah, that is creepy and weird. That is insane. (laughs) That's the only time when you have somebody who's playing... uh, teenager who's older than themselves yeah <laughs> usually you have like 25 year olds playing teenagers she might have been like 15 i think she was maybe 14 when she was like auditioning for it or something we were watching the behind the scenes stuff crazy um but yeah so that wraps up our february movies um so we've got lots more coming in march i'm sure um so speaking of new movies in march 
Yep, that we, leads us into our mini segment. Yeah, we went out just this evening to see The Invisible Man. Who said that? <gasps> where is he? <laughs> where is he? Uh, so is he sitting in the chair next to you? <laughs> so coming up next is us uh, driving back from the theater this very evening to talk about The Invisible Man. Jan pehchan ho, jina aasan ho, jan pehchan ho, jina aasan ho. So we're in the car. We just got out from seeing the invisible. Oh, I was like, <laughs> Am I sitting next to an invisible man? Who's driving the car? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Invisible Man, Blumhouse's new movie. Starring Elizabeth Moss and the kid from, not kid, the grown adult from Haunting of Hill House. Yes, it's very hard to not see him as Luke. Yeah. So, Michelle, your initial thoughts. Go. I liked it. I wish a woman had directed it, and I thought the CGI suit looked a little weird at times. (laughs) Okay. But I thought it was creepy. I thought it was good. Yes, I thought it was super good really good really really good that's it that's all i have to say no i actually thought it was really brilliant um like the only thing well let me say the stuff i liked about it first okay. um i thought the cinematography was fantastic like the yeah, way i thought it was good too particularly towards the beginning when you know there's going to be an invisible man but you don't know how it's going to happen or when when the camera just like turns and looks at an empty space for a second and you you're just constantly looking around waiting for something to happen um there's a lot of that like the camera work is super brilliant in the way it like takes advantage of empty space to really create an atmosphere um and then obviously just like how did nobody think of doing this before it's such a brilliant take on using the invisible man for something that's so um prescient not prescient but um of the time right now well didn't hollow man do this uh hollow (laughs) man's just about a rapist well it's kind of the same vibe yeah but he's like a good guy who like the suit corrupts or or the procedure corrupts i can't i don't remember too it's terrible (laughs) um but like I'll say one thing that really stuck out to me I love that they had um, uh, Elizabeth Moss's character why am I blanking on her name um, they had her say constantly throughout the movie listen to me yeah like, like look at me listen to me I'm not crazy <laughs> right know him inwards and outwards <laughs> right the whole thing is about you know listening to someone who's been abused and not shrugging it off or acting like they're crazy and yeah, it's just, I don't know, it was just the concept is so clever and it was really well done. And there were at least three or four times where I was shocked. Not necessarily. S- what times were you shocked? Seriously? No, I'm just asking. Not like, how were you shocked? Well, I don't want to spoil the movie. I, I mean, there were a bunch of twists. Nice. I can say it after we re- stop recording, but there were at least three twists that I can think of off the top of my head that 
I was very surprised by. Well, I was very surprised, like, there's a dog in the film. Like, who was feeding the dog the whole time? Well. <laughs> Surprise twist! I don't know. I can say, I'm pretty sure I know who it was, but I don't want to spoil the well, movie. Yeah, I like in the beginning, I like how it's set up. I read an article a little bit explaining how they kept it very ambiguous in the beginning. Like, you don't know what he's done to make her run away, and they kept it out on purpose because they wanted the audience to, like have their own imagination like projected onto him like what could be so bad that she would run away from all this right yeah i think that's smart i mean it's a it's like one of those like the scariest thing is the thing that you imagine not what's on the screen but also it's like it makes you make the choice to believe her or not yeah and i'm glad they didn't show anything really yeah, and they you go for a long time before you know for sure. I mean, you know, we know because the movie's called The Invisible yeah. Man. But before you know for sure that he's an invisible man. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd say the only thing... It was like going through the movie the whole time I was thinking like, this is a perfect five on Letterboxd for me. And t- there was only one part that sort of bugged me kind of close to the end. And that was that... Um, uh, so there's a part when his suit gets damaged... Yeah. And then for that whole sequence, it's like flashing in and out a bunch. Yeah. And I thought that was a bad choice. Well, the part that annoyed me about the same exact thing was the very loud, like, music kind of taking over the whole scene. So, in, the, in that scene or somewhere else? It was, like, throughout. I thought the music was way over the top and, like, it felt a little out of place to me. I actually really love the score. But it was just, like, all these loud banging, and it's just, like, I feel like this movie's more subtle than that. And it had, like, the techno vibe or whatever. It's like, eh, I don't know. I don't think it works. Well, it is about a guy in a, like, high-tech suit stalking Listen someone. to me. I'm saying <laughs> it doesn't work I, for me. I have a different opinion. <laughs> um, well, it reminded me of, like, the Transformer noises. I didn't like that. Well, okay. I like the score a lot. Um... But no, I, when his suit was flashing on and off, I thought it, they're specifically using it in a scene when they're out in the rain, when it's like the whole point of doing a scene with an invisible man in the rain is that all you see is the water and that's really cool. But they keep flashing back to the suit, which is like, I don't need to see that anymore. I know what it looks like. It'd be much cooler to just see the water. Yeah, and it annoyed me because like even when there was one good scene where like the close up of the suit looked it was like look very real but i still think like the scenes where it's flashing in and out it looks out of place i don't know yeah i mean it didn't really bother me i thought most of the effects i mean especially the stuff when like elizabeth moss is like fighting herself basically yeah. it would looked great yeah um so yeah i don't know i mean the effects didn't i didn't nothing really stuck out to me it didn't take me out of it at all um yeah, I, I wish they had not done that with the suit. And then I think the last 20 minutes, I like the ending. I like the way they end it. But it also, I think the pacing kind of gets a little funky because of the way they do a big reveal and then the movie's still not over. Well, I was getting a little worried about the ending because it started to seem like he was going to be the victim and it was going to... I guess, like, leave the audience thinking, like, oh, maybe she is crazy. Maybe she did have it all wrong or something. But I I liked it, how they ended it without spoiling too much. Let me ask you a question, Michelle. Um, (laughs) What's up with the girl's jellyfish shirt? Uh, I don't know. I did notice that. 
Yeah, I'm trying to put together in my head what the significance of that is, because that's not a that's not an accident, obviously, because of the whole she calls the brother a jellyfish because he's spineless. Um, but yeah, that I thought that was interesting. I'm curious to know what people's takes on that are because I don't know that I have a read on why that was. I think. Do you think it worked well, like? how quickly you kind of see the invisible stuff happening? Or do you think they should have waited longer? I thought it worked well, um, because the first stuff that, for a long time, it's just very subtle. Like the knife moves off, the stove gets hotter. The bl- I thought the blanket thing was a really nice twist on like the classic throw the blanket over the invisible man thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought it was really good. I, to, I mean, obviously we haven't seen very many movies this year, but it's very obviously the top movie of the year for me right now. And I thought Elizabeth Moss was awesome. Yeah, she's, she's great. She's really good in everything she does. And the family, the two, um, the father and daughter, they were great too. Yeah, what's the dad been in that we've seen? I, for, I was going to look him up and I, I forgot. I don't know if I've seen him in anything. I've definitely seen him in something, but I don't remember what. Yeah. I um, yeah, I mean, we know Elizabeth Moss is a great actress because she believes in Scientology and yeah. still makes <laughs> movies and TV shows about women being oppressed by cults and uh, opp- uh, aggressive yeah, men. Yeah, it's very weird. I don't get it. <laughs> Just means she's a really great actress. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're about to pull on our drive. Any last thoughts? Uh, go see it. It's totally worth it. <laughs> yeah, really, really good movie. Uh, it's a great... There's always a good horror movie this early in the year. And this, this is me saying that don't forget Invisible Man at the end of the year, that it's a really good movie. And because right now it's March 2nd, we're all gonna forget that it was awesome. (laughs) We'll be like, oh yeah, Invisible Man, I forgot about that. Mm. All right, well this is uh, Spice Together, signing off. Bye. So that's it for this episode, but don't forget you can always see a list of all the movies we talked about on our Letterboxd account, and you can also follow us on Twitter at Spliced Podcast or on Facebook at Spliced Together. Uh, let us know what you watched this month, uh, what, were, what were some of your favorites you watched in February, and uh, what you're excited about that's coming out. And uh, we'll see you soon on another episode of Spliced Spliced Together. Together. <laughs>